and you may wonder why we bring our kids in the very first Sunday of the month. And I think it's important. How many parents understand whether you're in the stage of life where you actually have grandkids now or perhaps you have little ones in the house or even teenagers in the house? Nobody's watching your life more closely than your kids. Amen. And I believe that we are to teach the next generation that if we, when we come into the house of the Lord, see our kids know whether you've had a good week or a bad week, right? And when they see you come and you lay all that aside and you give God the honor due his name, I think it's teaching them something important that we can overcome. Amen? Amen. We can overcome and teaching them how to worship. And I'm going to talk for just a few minutes because I mentioned a little bit ago that I see God just bringing a lot of things together right now in this season for this church. I have been here for five years, a little over five years, and uh, I see God just moving pieces and people and things in place that I want to tell you, and I mean this with all my heart, God is getting ready to do extraordinary things at Christian Center Church. And I've been so blessed these last couple months, and going into the summer, and I mentioned this a couple of times, that I really felt like it wasn't a summer to kind of back off, it was a summer to grow like never before, to press into the things of God, to get into his word, to to be as committed as we've ever been so that when we head into fall, when things do pick up, back to school this week on Wednesday and all those kind of things. But these last few weeks have just been awesome because we had, our, our teenagers got radically touched at camp. I mean, they, I mean, you see some of the fruit of that right up here on the stage. And, and it's our desire here at Christian Center Church is to train up the next generation. Everybody say generation. If you're visiting with us or even joined in, say, the last maybe few months to even maybe a year, I don't mention this often, but this church has been in this community ministering to this local area of Home Assassin Citrus County for a long, long time. And I'm only the fourth pastor um, to have the privilege of leading this great church. And uh, I see God doing so much because God is a God of generations. Again, say generations. The Bible tells us, and we're going to be in Joshua 14, if you go ahead and turn there this morning. Joshua 14, specifically verses 7 on down. And that's where I felt led. And we're going to talk about some stories in the Bible, some particular from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. And I began to study and look at the times that there was something transferred from one generation to another generation. And there was a, a raising up of one generation because I've learned something through all my years of ministry is that if, if we as the adults, as we as the leaders, as we as those who are seasoned, I'll just put it that way. Do I have any seasoned saints in the house? Come on, got a few. And I love that about Christian Center Church. Look, if you're visiting this morning, we are one of the most welcoming, friendly churches, I believe, in this whole area. Amen. We're like the, the 11 herbs and spices church is what I call this church. There's a little, little something for everybody is what I see. Some of, you, some of y'all a little spicier than others, right? Some of y'all a little spicier than others. And you spicy ones, you really spicy ones, you keep us praying. So you just keep your spice up, amen? We, you, you just keep doing you. And, uh, but I, I'm so, so privileged. My heart's full this morning. It's full because... Again, I see God doing so much and putting things in place. And to understand as we begin to read this this morning that what we are able to do is the generation that's on the scene now. 
and pass off to another generation? Because the principle in God's word that I see is, is that our ending point is their starting point. Amen? And even as you come in this building, and I think of this all the time, as I come into this building, another generation sacrificed so that we can be sitting here today. Right? Another generation sacrificed. I mean, you look in the 40s, there was a generation that sacrificed so we can even be where we are as Americans today, right? I mean, 18-year-olds were parachuting behind enemy lines at 18, and nowadays 18-year-olds complain if their latte's too cold. Come on, somebody. Right? Right? But the point in the natural and the principle in the natural that you see is, and here's where we're heading as a church, this is what I want to talk about today, is I want to do everything God has called our generation to do so that we can pass off to another generation something that we have taken. Here's what happens, is oftentimes it's hard for us to communicate all the sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears it took for us to get where we are. It's hard to communicate that to a new generation, right? It really is. And as the story we're going to look at this morning is, is found in Joshua is the story of Caleb who, you know, Caleb had to wander around for a lot of years with a generation that when they came into the promised land, they began to kind of divide things up. And by dividing things up, he looked and said, wait a second, I, I know I'm 85 years old, but God made me some promises that I haven't seen fulfilled yet. Does anybody have some promises you haven't seen fulfilled? I came to encourage you of something this morning, that those promises are so precious to you and precious to your Heavenly Father that God is not going to let one of them die. He is going to fulfill them, but he's going to fulfill them in our generation so that we can pass down to the next generation where we've pushed the ball much further than what any generation previous to us has done. Look at Joshua chapter 14, verse 7 today. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is my strength now for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Look at your neighbor and say, give me this mountain. Father, for these next few moments, as always, I just pray that Jason Hanks would get out of the way so that your precious anointing could rest upon me and upon this congregation. I need my helper today, Lord. I need the the Holy Spirit because without you, Father, I am truly nothing but In your anointing and preaching your holy word, Father, I pray that you go forth to do what you intended, to change our hearts, to challenge us today, to begin to give us a broader vision and picture for what you want to do in this area and even Citrus County and even the state of Florida and the United States of America. Lord, we were born for such a time as this. So, Lord, we join with the words of Caleb that even though he had 
then many years down the road, he's still clinging to and claim the promise that was made him by God Almighty. So, Lord, we know that we have mountains in front of us. We know there's challenges. We know there's things ahead. But, God, we declare today that with your help, nothing is impossible, God. So, Father, we praise and honor you in this moment. In Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said. It says in the word of God that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mention that a lot, and I don't know if I've ever really expounded on it of what that looks like in a practical way for a church body to say that God doesn't just want to do something in our generation. God wants to do something incredible in the generation coming up and in the generation coming up behind it. And in five years, God has, of course, spoken a lot of things to me, a lot of promises that he has for the future of this church. But I tell you what the future of this church is. It's the generations that have been raised up by and in this church, and it's the generations coming up after us, because I want to be a generation that took the, 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 say, the proverbial football of the gospel all the way as far as I possibly could so that we hand off something strong, amen, that we hand off something that God is moving and God is doing. You'll see great things, but it's supposed to be a furthering of the anointing. The reason that he talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is we understand that the anointing is something that should grow and increase upon every generation. You not only see this in Caleb, who, again, had been wandering the the desert with an entirely new generation, and he kind of sees them getting all of their stuff, he says, hold up, God, what about my stuff? And I think the generation that's before me right now, which I will include myself in, I think we go through enough of life that we forget that God has promised us some things. And I came today to tell you that if God told you you're going to have a mountain and it's a promise from God, God is faithful and he will do it and he will complete it. So what is the reason for taking that mountain? He said clearly in the scripture that we just read, it is for the generations. It is for the generations that are coming down the road. You also see this in the life of Moses in the life of Joshua. And this is the picture of Moses and Joshua. Moses is a senior statesman, and he's got this young guy, Joshua, that's coming on the scene. And you guys know the story in the Bible that when they went into battle and they were fighting, it was Joshua's sword, but it was Moses' rod that was held up. And I see a correlation there between two generations, and really what our generation is called to do in this time and place is hold up that rod so another generation coming on the scene can fight the battles. Come on. We are called to be the ones. So you see the correlation there. You see the connection between the rod of Moses and the sword of Joshua. In other words, the, the sword of Joshua only works when the rod of Moses is in place. So you need to understand as we go through these stories, there's always two positions. The, the emerging generation that's coming on the scene and the generation that, that has already won some battles. Do I have any people in here today that have won a few battles and you are so valuable because if, if you are the ones, in other words, the correlation there to me is Moses and Joshua is Moses was a senior statesman in the kingdom and anointed by God and Joshua needed what Moses had. But here's what I want to point out. What you have going between the two generations, this is how I see this, and listen to me real closely, especially if you're a younger generation. If you're a teenager and in your 20s in this room, 
let me tell you how to access the anointing that's on Moses so you can win battles in your life. Young people, listen to me. It's honor. Everybody say honor. You see, as, as, as the Joshua generation honored Moses, and can I tell you what our generation and what the generation that's coming on the scene needs? Encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. This is probably one of the least encouraged generations that you'll ever find. I'm telling you right now. They need our encouragement. They need, in other words, they need to see some people that have won some battles, who have fought the enemy and is victorious in your life and in your family and other areas. And when they see that, young people, if you will honor what God has done in them, it will cause something to come alive in you. As you honor that, as you look at that, as you, as you see what God is doing in a generation. So there's honor. And there's encouragement. Everybody say encouragement again. It's this picture that when Moses is, is in place, and we all know the story. When Listen, when, when Moses' rod came down, they began to lose the battle. Amen? Can I encourage a group of people before me? You need to get that rod back up. God will put some people in your life to even encourage you to get that rod back up. What the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago when we were with the youth at camp is they already carry within them what it's going to take to win the battle. But Moses needs to get in position. Come on. Lift that rod and cheer them on. Can I tell you something this morning? If we don't cheer them on, there's a world out there that's ready to cheer them on. And the things in the future may not be your cup of tea, but they don't have to be your cup of tea. Because if, if, if we don't get them in and teach them how to worship and dance and praise the Lord, they're going to find it somewhere. Come on, somebody. They absolutely are. So it's our honor to be able to be the Moses that can listen to me, young people. It's honoring the gift that's in the older generation will access the gift that's already present inside of you. Everybody say generations. Elijah and Elisha. These are generations that work together because it is Elisha's portion to receive a double portion of anointing. Simply put, a double portion means he gets to start where Elijah finishes. So when Elijah finishes, if you read the story, Elisha is following Elijah, and he tells him, if you see me taken up to be with the Lord, then this will happen. The, the manna will pass down. And it's interesting that the very last miracle that Elijah does was part the waters. The very first miracle Elisha does is part the waters. But he doesn't call upon Elijah. He says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Come on. It's teaching a generation that it has never been about us. It's been about the sacrifices that people that have gone on before us have done. You're sitting in a building... It was, I've been told this, and this is kind of humorous to me, but it's true. This is the house that Mollet built. Amen. It is. Amen. Listen to me. There's people who sacrificed and worked hard and, you know, brought up fish in a net, sold it at market, and what did they do? They paid for another generation to come along and be ministered to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I honor that today. I honor you folks that I see sitting before me, many faces that have been in this place for generations and generations. But what we need to understand is we can't look back 
and settle for what God did in the past, even though we honor it. We have to be like Elisha and say, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Because he's the one that did all the miracles anyway. Come on. So I want a generation to not only encourage and honor one another, but also to understand that what we accomplish in this life matters because we are bringing the spiritual ball forward, so to speak. Think of a football analogy and our back to our uh, Jersey Sundays in a few weeks, and I'll certainly preach some kind of message that ties in with the start of football season. But think of that analogy. We're carrying the ball forward because, listen, when we hand the baton off, when we hand this gospel baton off to this generation that you even see already beginning to work and to move and to enter into their gifts, they need encouraged that they're not the church of some time in the future. This is the church of today. This is the church of now. Young, young families that we have uh, all through here, and they're more and more joining, and y'all are having a bunch of kids, which is a blessing. It's, that's old-fashioned church growth. Pastor likes that kind of church growth. It's awesome. But listen to me. You want to have something of faith to pass off to another generation. See, it, young families, let me tell you something. If you have things in your family's past that seem like they were out of line with God's will, maybe there's addiction and maybe there's, there's things in the past that you see, can I tell you something? It breaks with you. It breaks with you because in the principle of Elijah and Elisha that we see in the Bible is this, whatever ground I'm able to take in my life become my children's normal. Listen to me. Whatever ground that I'm able to take in my life becomes my children's normal. So the ground that we take as a church in the future will be the next generation's starting point. So I am going to continue to push on the ones that are here to continue to, maybe like Moses, put that rod back up and understand God gave you a promise to begin to sacrifice, to begin to pray, to begin to press in because the place that we leave off is the next generation's starting point. When we hand off the mantle, so to speak, to the next generation, here's what I'd like to see. I want to double it. Amen? I want a double portion. I want to double handing off to my kids what I accomplished in my life and my wife, Leah's life, to hand off to them. I want our kids to be raised up in an atmosphere here in this church where we celebrate God and celebrate his goodness, celebrate all that he's done for us. In this example of Elisha and Elijah, there comes a point where we realize we are going to hand something off. My question this morning is with the generations, are we going to hand off of victory, or are we going to hand off defeat? Another example is Mary and Elizabeth. Everybody say Mary and Elizabeth. Why is this an example? Because Mary, of course, is an unwed teenage mother who miraculously got pregnant. Think about that for a second. And why I ask you to think about that is imagine the loneliness that she had to have felt being in this position. In other words, she didn't have anybody to relate to. She didn't have anybody that, but God is so good. Come on. God is so good that right before the the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary, an angel visits, visits who? Her cousin Elizabeth. Listen, the cousin Elizabeth was advanced in age. I want you to hear me with spiritual ears this morning. She was older, had not been able to have any kids, 
but isn't it good that God would also give somebody in her family a promise and something down on the inside of, of that generation that the next generation could, could relate to? What does that look like in a practical way? It means that this generation that's before me now, you need to pray and say, God, give me a promise that I can hold deep in my heart and let it burst something new, a new fresh fire, a new anointing, a new unction, something new that I can push forward. Because listen to me, and this is important. Young people, listen to me for just a second. And isn't it amazing that Mary doesn't even know what's going on? It's when that she did what? She saluted Elizabeth. She honored Elizabeth. It caused the baby inside of Elizabeth to leap to life. Some of you need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and let something leap to life inside of you today because this isn't just about us and our own comfort and our own ministries and all the things we want to see done. Everything that we do for five years has been so we can hand something off to the next generation. And it's when that generation saluted the other generation, again, honor, that something leapt to life. And listen, it was that generation that did what? They prepared the way. Our role is to prepare the way for this generation that's coming up. These are just examples in the Bible. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is always working his miracles and his power and his salvation and his anointing in the next generation. But again, they may not look like us. They may not talk like us. They may not dress like us. They may not, they may not be your cup of tea, but can I tell you whose cup of tea it is? The Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. Amen. It is. These kids that we have upstairs, I, I know you guys are like, man, they're talking about needing help again. We do. I mean, when you go, when I got here with, you know, seven kids to 40 or 50 kids, that's, that's a lot of growth that we need this next generation to say, you know what, this isn't about me. Because it's not. And when Mary showed up and, and saluted and honored what was inside of her, it leapt to life. I tell this generation, let something leap to life this morning. Let something stir in you once again this morning. A simple point is God's not done with anybody in this room. If you woke up and you breathed this morning, God is not finished. God has plans and purposes and things for you to reach out. Can I tell you what one of the most powerful things you can do with this generation coming up is just encourage them. Just go to him. And again, I'm not saying this by way of, of trying to say we don't. I think this is one of the friendliest, most encouraging churches that you will ever find. But can I tell you to kick it up a notch? Amen? Always. So you have this example of Mary and Elizabeth. And the reason that this is an example is because why? Because Elizabeth was further along than what Mary was. Again, when you're further along, what God wants to do is use what's inside of you to bless somebody else. Amen? If you're a young person here today, if you honor what came before you on the inside, because the people that you honor still have some stuff moving around on the inside of them. And when you honor it, it starts to move and come to life. So the existing leaders must give birth to something that the generation coming behind us can give birth to a greater. Everybody said greater thing. 
Do you understand that's who your God is? He's a God of greater. He's a God of more. He's a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. Another example of other generations that we see in the Bible is Jesus feeding the multitude. Amen? So, what happens? Jesus goes out into the country to preach, and you have one young boy, one lad, as the new King James or the King James refers to him as. There's one lad that packed a lunch. This is a side point. I've wondered even recently, why was he the only one out of thousands of people that brought something? You ever thought about that? You have thousands. I don't know. The mom in the morning said, you know, Jesus preaches a really long time. (laughs) He's going to preach right through lunch like I am today. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Did you bring a Snickers? Yeah. Did you bring out with it? And look, if you didn't know it, you can get trampled to death at a church picnic. I've seen people lose their salvation over running out of baked beans at a church picnic, y'all. And listen, you can imagine, imagine this with me. Like a wave began to just circulate around that group because finally somebody says, we don't have any food. <laughs> can I tell you? Just This is humorous to me. Can I tell you? Everybody there knew who had some food. <laughs> they had been following that boy around with their eyes. He got a little lunch pail he's been carrying around, right? And it is humorous because this is a side note. But it's humorous because can you imagine being the one that they finally said, the lad, in other words, another generation already had something that everybody else needed. And what it took was recognizing what he had. And this is a side note, but think, think about this for a second. The lad has the food. Can you imagine all of a sudden being surrounded by a bunch of burly apostle fishermen? (laughs) Give me the food. I mean, maybe Peter was like, flash that knife Peter was always carrying, you know. (laughs) Give it up, son. Because it literally says that in the Bible, give us the food. But you see, this lad, this generation here, had something that nobody recognized or realized. And listen to me, listen to me. If we can teach the coming generation that what you have may not look like it can do much, but when you take it, I feel the Holy Spirit. When you take it and you put it into the hands of Jesus and he breaks it and gives thanks, And it's another side note, but I feel like saying it in this moment right here. When Jesus takes it, breaks it, and what? Give thanks. Do you know how important it is today to give thanks for what God is doing in your life? Did anybody wake up and have some food in the refrigerator today? I don't care if it was bologna or if it was steak. You had something in your refrigerator. You walked out and got into a car. You you had some clothes to put on. Do you understand that there are billions of people that would switch places with you 
very, very heartily and would agree and say, absolutely, I would switch places with you. It's so important for us to always remind ourselves of how blessed we are. It is. And we're blessed to be a blessing. We are. So the sacrifices that pastor asks you to make, whether it be in the future in finances or the sacrifices I ask you. You see, when we put our time, talents, and treasure into the hands of Jesus, he's the one that increases it. And this is what I want us to teach the next generation coming up. This is what I want to try to teach my own children by way of just saying, you know what, I'm nobody special, but I know somebody special. And when I've given him my life and dedicated everything to him, God can take that little and turn it into a lot. Because as a missionary, traveling all over the world and ministering in some of the poorest countries and poorest places, not just the countries, but the poorest areas of the poorest countries, extreme ministry, garbage dump ministry that Lee and I did for eight years together, literally in garbage dumps as medical missions and working with churches to see salvations. Can I tell you something this morning? All of us here may have some aches and pains. I rode a jet ski for a while yesterday afternoon, and I could barely wake up this morning. I think it's time to transition to a boat or something. I'm like, that's for young people, y'all. I got like a crick in my neck and shoulder sore. But if we would begin to understand that we are so blessed and to teach this next generation what it takes to sacrifice something for the Lord. Time, talent, and treasure. That's something that we all came in here with. You have time. You may say, God hadn't given me any talents. That's not the word of God. I've learned something about God. and This is the serious part of what I'm about to say, even though it's not in my notes, it's on my heart in this moment to say. God expects a return on his investment. I'll say it again. God expects a return on his investment. God, God invests in us. And God is wise. How many would agree with that? God is all-knowing. God, God knows what he's doing. So he's put these time, talent, and treasures in us. But listen, it may be the generation that's coming up because I'll go to the, my next story and I'll finish up here. And we got a lot of things to do here at the end. we we got missionaries going back on the mission field. I want to honor some people that have worked very hard and ministries and moving them to up to a different ministry and we're going to introduce our new youth pastor here in just a minute and i'm excited to introduce him and to pray over him today we got a lot to do but the other one that i thought of was the story of samson and the story of samson and most everybody knows it the story of samson was what he was very strong come on sunday school you raised in sunday you're strong right I know we get this picture of Samson that he looks like me, real big and buff and strong and long hair. I don't think that you could look at him and tell that he had any strength. Why do I say that? Because they kept asking him why he was so strong. So there was nothing outwardly. They were like, how do you do this? Can I tell you? And, and finally, we know he ends up in the lap of Delilah, and he ends up saying, well, this, my strength is my hair. This, his strength was not his hair. His strength was his covenant with God, and it was a symbol of the covenant. So we know the story. He finally gets his hair cut. He loses his strength and power. Can I tell you, this generation needs a supernatural strength and power. 
And what I see in this story is when he's finally captured, it says that, that he lost his power and they gouged out his eyes. He lost strength. I think the condition of the church in the United States of America is one where our preaching used to be more powerful. Our giving used to be more powerful. Our services used to be more powerful. All these things you used to see were more powerful. And what has happened to the church is she's gotten in bed with the world. Come on, somebody. So when you get in bed with the world, you're going to lose your spiritual strength and power. And I love this part of the story. You could miss it very easily unless you read it very carefully. It says that they sent a lad... They sent a young person, and the whole reason for bringing out Samson was this. The whole reason for bringing him out is so they could mock and make fun of Samson. But listen to me. It was a lad who came, and it says literally, took his hand, put it in Samson's hand. Uh, Church, again, I, I feel the anointing on me right now. It was another generation that taught the older generation that had power at one time how to see again. Took him by the hand, and Samson said this, just bring me to the pillars. You know what I was praying about as I was studying this? Is that I don't even know where the pillars to take down the enemy necessarily are in this generation. But they do. And if we would be humble enough to say, son, daughter of God, you may be 15, 16, 22, 26, whatever it is, but I'm going to humble myself to say, take my hand. I may have lost some of my spiritual fervor. I may have lost even some of my vision because I'm getting later on in life. The church, your vision is never supposed to dim. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I want to slide into heaven sideways with my hair on fire. Talk to me in 15 years. I'll be like, I'm retiring. Y'all wore me out. I'm out of here. <laughs> but I do. I want to I wanna slide in and say, what a ride. Look, God, what you did in this next generation. Look, God, how you raised up these young people. And you began to raise up worship leaders and apostles and prophets. We're getting ready to pray over a young man that's going off to Bible school. Here in just a few minutes, God is doing so many awesome, miraculous things. I came to tell you sometimes I even need to humble myself and look at this generation and say, I don't do things the way that you do them. I don't necessarily agree with this and that and the other. But, hey, I'll humble myself. Take my hand and show me where the enemy's messing with you. Show me where you're chained up. Show me here where the pillars are. And listen, if you would just generation that's here before me, if you could just find your hands upon the place that the enemy has built up in this generation, we can push it down and see the best victory that we've ever seen in the kingdom of God. Come on, Jesus. Everybody say generations. God is a God of generations. If he tarries, if he tarries, then we need to see a generation emerge. We need to see a generation come onto the scene. We need to see a generation that can look and honor what God has done in the generation before them. And we can be a generation that encourages. 
we can be a generation like Elijah and Elijah that our ending point can be their starting point. So let's make sure that we run our race that's set out before us as hard and as fast and as, as brilliantly as God will allow us to go and to do what God has called us to do. And I love this. This is my prayer. Because when Samson is led by the lad, put his hands on the post, he says, God, one more time. God, one more time at Christian Center, move in power. One more time, save a generation. One more time, send revival to your people. One more time, shake our families and get us back to a place of holiness. Shake our our area and our nation and bring us back one more time, Lord God. Because we acknowledge today, Father, that we may have lost our sight. We may have lost our spiritual fervor and power. And Lord, we're just grinding. That's what he found himself doing. If you, if you came in here this morning, you just feel like you're just grinding your way through the last few years of your life. Can I just say confidently from the voice of the Holy Spirit, from, from me to you, is that God doesn't want you grinding. God wants you pushing over pillars that are holding back a generation from being everything that God called them to be. Amen. Irene, would you come, please? Irene's going to play as we do our altar call. And we, like I mentioned, we've got some awesome things to do this morning here in just a few minutes. And Leah, you can go ahead and slip your way to the back. And when you, when I give you the go-ahead, you can go up and get those kids. We're going to pray over these kids this morning. It, this all just came together of generations. And I know many of you that are here before me, you've raised your kids up in the church, and you think, man, they're just not there and can I tell you God's calling them back he is God's God's got his hand upon you be confident in that that he's he's anointing them and gonna be anointing them in a very special way I don't say all these things just to fill time I think today was circled on God's calendar as we are going to be sending missionaries back out to Spain here in just a little bit this family and certainly Irene and her husband Andrew and Irene was raised in this church, sent out from this church as a missionary. They need and deserve your support. Get with them before they leave. See how you can help and support them. It's the next generation. I thank God that he didn't quit calling when he called Jason Hanks. Amen? He's calling this generation. He's anointing them. He's raising them up. Matter of fact, let's do this. Eric, why don't you come up here? If you would like for my elders to come. Elders, if you guys would come up and as he stands right here in the front, this is Eric Peterson. And Eric, come here, buddy. Eric feels the call to ministry. You thank God for that this morning. I've gotten to know him and to know what God is beginning. And I want to tell you that this morning, Eric, this is just the beginning of what God has for you. The door is beginning to open. The door is beginning to, and no man can shut it. You have prayed and decided that you're going to follow him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. So today, could you stretch out your hands this way as we send Eric off with a blessing? I know his family's here. I know his mom listening online as she's getting over a little illness. And we mean this today. We're going to send him out with the blessings of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray today over Eric. 
Father, I speak the word that's been spoken over him from even the time he was in his mother's womb. Lord, you formed him in his mother's womb. You have ordained him as a prophet to the nations. Eric, what God is doing and getting ready to do in your life is going to take you to new levels in his kingdom, but also to new depths of surrender in your life. As you continue to surrender to him more and more, God wants you to know that that surrender is going to bring increase in every area, increase in finances, increase in anointing, increase of maturity, increase of everything that God has. Father, we pray over him today as a church, and we say he is blessed going in and blessed going out. That he is blessed in his new home and his new roommates and in this new school. Father, we pray today that you would put angels around him and give him traveling mercies today, Father. As he goes from here, it will never be from your presence and it will never be from our hearts, Lord. Because this is a young man that's been raised up here and you put your hand upon him. He is a part of this next generation that's coming on the scene. And God, we pray and anoint him today that that anointing would bring him favor, Lord God. Let the favor of God, Eric, rest upon you. Let the mercy of God go before you. And today, let the goodness of God follow you all the days of your life until he brings you into that open, wide space, that place he has for you of the calling and the ministry. I feel like saying this over you too, just just a, a little unction of the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about what's next because what God has for you right in front of you is going to grow you and mature you quickly. I see quick growth, Eric. I see you shooting up in the Lord as you already have, but he's going to continue to do that. Father, we bless him today as we send him out into his schooling and into the mission field of the world. Father, we give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Can you put your hands together this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Elders, if you guys would just stay up here for just a few minutes. Wanna before we introduce our our youth pastor. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And Sean and Alyssa, would you guys come stand up here? And uh, we appreciate Sean and Alyssa have been leading our youth ministry the last couple years. And when I met with him a couple weeks ago and told him that we had honed in on a candidate to be our youth pastor, they've been leading this because I asked them to. And this couple is what I call an F-A-T Christian. Don't put that together real quick. <laughs> and I shared this with him when he and I were talking. Is Listen, as a believer and a young couple, if you're faithful, available, and teachable, you can do incredible things in your life. So I, I called Sean. We had lunch, I think, or came into my office here. I said, Sean, I see so much growth in our young adults ministry, and I'd really like for you to team up with Cheyenne and Isaac 
and begin to do some things in our young adults ministry because that area is growing too. How many understand when one area is growing, he's going to provide the leadership to be able to step into those roles. So Sean stepped into the leadership of the youth department willingly and has done an incredible job this couple has. So right now I want to honor them for everything that they've done. of the church, I had it on my heart, the elders had it on their heart, to just be able to give them a card and to give them something in it that's going to bless them. And here's what I, I actually asked a couple people they're friends with, I thought there might be something really special I could give to y'all. And they, this person had a great idea, gas and groceries, y'all. <laughs> so, guys, I want to present this to you and thank you for everything that you've done. We love y'all. Let's give them another round. Thank them. Guys, they're not going anywhere like Irene and, and Andrew are going to be heading out back to the mission field and Eric's heading off. But at this time, I'd like to call Cody Leonard up here if he would come and uh, come stand right here in the middle. I'm going to let him, after we pray over him, I'm going to let him introduce himself, tell a little bit about him. But five years ago when I came here, I've been praying about the right leader to lead our youth because now is the time and right now is the season. And Cody and I have had many meetings, lots of talks. We prayed about it as a board that you see here before you today. And we felt a real, real special anointing on this young man and a real, real special call. And we're going to pray over him. Guys, if you'd come behind him, Cody, if you'd stand right out here. And then, Cody, I'm going to let you take the mic and introduce yourself and give us a little, a little vision on what you want to do in the youth group. I know it, but these folks here don't know it, so... Guys, if you'd stretch your hands out this way. This is installing him into that, that anointed place of youth pasture. Father, today, we call upon your great name, and we pray over this man of God who, Lord, I know you have walked him through the fire. <laughs> Cody, I see the fire that you've walked through, and I see it's, it's burned off everything that was supposed to be burned off and brought you into a new level of trust. It's brought you into a new level of anointing. And I believe the Lord's saying over you today, as you step into this place, this, this mantle that God is laying upon you today, there's going to be an expansion like you've never seen before. There's going to be an explosion of growth, not only in this group, but a growth in you. Because God is going to first do it in you, and then he's going to translate it down into these young people. Father, I thank you that you've called this man. I thank you that he has the calling and the gifting of God upon his life. And today is Christian Center Church. And me, as the delegated shepherd of this house, Father, we come together at Christian Center Church and we say thank you for the gift that is Cody Leonard. Thank you for the gifts and the talents that you've placed within him. And Father, today we install him and we place him in that place that you've ordained and the place that you've called. And God, today, we thank you, and we install him today as the elders of this church and place him in that place where he can flow in the gift that you've gifted him with. In Jesus' mighty name. 
and all God's people said. Amen. I'm going to hand it over to Cody and let him introduce himself. Thank you so much, Pastor. Um, So as you know, my name is Cody Leonard. Um, I have been in ministry unpaid and paid for about 10 years now. Um, You know, quick math real quick. That's uh, since I was 20. Um, I'm 30 years old now. I've mainly done all of my ministry at Gulf to Lake Church. Um, I was an unpaid intern and then an unpaid assistant intern and then a maintenance man and then finally an associate pastor and then inevitably um, further. So, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride and it's been a fun journey. Um, you know, two or, two or three years ago, I thought this journey was over. I thought this, this moment God said, you're done. And I was like, I get it. I did a lot. It was fun. I loved every minute of it. But God said, well, I got one one more round for you. You up for it? I said, God, I don't know, man. I'm 30 years old. I'm feeling it in my back now, brother. Come on. I said, whew, whew. People said, Cody, just wait. You, you, you're young buck yet. Wait until you hit 30. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'll be all right. I hit 30. I was like, oh, daggum, they right. Whew. Okay, I, I'll be 25 again if I could. And he said, I got one more round for you at least. You up for it? And I said, nope. I'll just be straight up. I'll be honest with you. I said, Lord, I can't. There, there's no way I can't. And so he started working on me. He's been working on me for a good year and a half. He's like, nah, man. Just, just give me one more. I said, all right, I'll try. And so we're going to try to bring the house down. Um, that's pretty much my goal. My goal um, and what I think, I think God's goal is to, I mean, I like pastor so eloquently put it, to encourage the next generation. Because as a teacher at Lake Middle School, and I know all the other teachers in this room, we see it on a daily basis that these kids they don't get anything. I mean, the staggering amount of people that it, it would blow your mind how many students would initially say, oh, that's the first time I've actually heard I love you in the last two weeks. Or I'm proud of you. Or man, just great job. Or oh, that's a cool outfit. I, I like what you did there. That's unique. God, they're screaming for it. They are crying out to just say, please notice me. Give me something. Give me anything. Give me just two seconds of your attention. And that's where God says, will you? And that's our goal. That's going to be our mission. Our mission as Christian Center Church is we see you. We're going to partner with you. And we're going to do whatever we can to get you what God needs you to be. That's a little bit about myself. Um, I'll be here, obviously for the continuing Sundays <laughs> after just this one. Um, but before I pass the mic off again, I just very much want to honor Sean and Alyssa for all the absolutely incredible things that they've done. Yeah, seriously. I mean, let's go. Come on. I'm telling you, I've been there. It's not easy. It is, it is some of the most, it is some of the most frustrating and painful times sacrificing. And he's got a family. I didn't have a family. I didn't have a wife and kids. It was different. 
He's been sacrificing his time with his kids and his wife. I can't even imagine that. I have no idea. And my goal and my hope is that I can glean whatever information and wisdom and knowledge that I can from him because I know he's got it. And whatever I can take, I'll gladly take. So thank you for just being an incredible church so far and allowing me to bring whatever I can to it. Thank you for being accepting. And thank you for honoring the past, the present, and the future. Because we're going to do some fun things. Thank you, Curtis. Leah, we can go ahead and bring the kiddos down. And I want to say by way of, of not only was God working on Cody about the last year and a half, I've been working on Cody about the last year and a half. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I was taught a principle in ministry a long time ago that I've carried with me into ministry now. And the principle of the ministry of people in certain positions is don't try to find somebody and make them do something that they're not anointed for. Identify people who are already doing it and ordain and bless it inside the church. The reason I say that is my wife has gotten to know Cody, and there's many teachers here and others who have known him through the school system. But here a few months ago, my wife mentioned that in the mornings at Lacanto Middle, there's a line down the hallway to get in to see Cody Leonard so that they can just talk to him and receive from the wisdom and the grace that he presents. And I thought, aha. In other words, he's already doing youth ministry. We're just bringing it under the umbrella of Christian Center Church. The other thing, that he started an after-school program for kids who don't have anybody. So, And I may be getting this wrong, Cody, because I just heard it in passing teaching these kids just basics of life. You know, these kids coming up don't even know how to balance a checkbook or change a tire or those type of things. So he took that upon him. In other words, he's already doing it. We just get the benefit of having him here as youth pastor at Christian Center Church is going to take our group to the place where God wants it. Amen? So we honor him today and thank the Lord that he's here. The last thing we're going to do is get Irene and Andrew, and uh, actually Irene's going to bless us with a song this morning before we dismiss, and we're excited about that. So let's get all of our kids to come up front that are coming down. The next generation is coming on the scene. Teenagers, teenagers, if I can have you guys come up also. I also, if you would, I'd like any support staff or teachers that are here, Cody and Danielle, Miss Danielle, and Stephanie, I see you three. There's probably others. If you work in the school system in any capacity, our desire on this day is to bless you and to continue to pray for a good school year. I want to want the, the church to be challenged and encouraged that we want to continue to pray over our young people, pray safety over our schools, pray that our teachers have a good year in ministering to these kids. Leah, is there anything you wanted to add or say? Okay. We've got a little gift for him here at the end, but we're so thankful for you guys and thankful for what God is doing and going to do in, in your lives. And uh, we're looking forward to a new good school year. Could you stretch your hands out this way as we bless our kids for a new school year and our teachers? And Heavenly Father, we've prayed a lot today, but we bring a couple more to your heavenly throne. Because, Lord, you said to come with boldness. So I pray boldly over these young people today. First and foremost, I pray your anointing would find its way upon them and in them and around them. Lord God, we as a church ask that you surround them with your presence. 
place angels round about each one of them as they step foot back onto those, those campuses, God. We claim it now for the kingdom of God and his Christ. That, Lord, the anointing that resides within them would be evident. That they would be light and salt right there in the primary, elementary, middle school, college. And our teachers today, Father, we pray grace upon these teachers. What a, what a tough job, Father. What a difficult job. But, Lord, you said, let the little children come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. So those who have a responsibility as principals and teachers and support staff today, God, we pray your anointing upon them, your protection upon them. Father, we as a church ask today that you would watch over our campuses, protect our school resource officers, Father. Give them wisdom and give them grace. Give them an understanding, Father, today of what it is you place their role to protect and to watch over. Lord, we pray blessings upon this school year. We pray blessings upon these children. We pray pray blessings upon our teachers. The school board, Father, we pray that, God, you would anoint them and lead and guide them with your steady hand. Let Citrus County School System be the best school system in the state of Florida, Lord. Let your grace and your mercy and your anointing rest upon it. Thank you for our governor today, God. Thank you for our governor today, God. Thank you for the wisdom that you've placed within him, Father. And thank you for the United States of America and the great state of Florida. Lord, bless today in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We got you this little tag. On the tag it says, you got this. And it's a little tag that you can hang on your backpack. So I want every one of you to get one today. And I want you to get your parents to help you. I want you to hang it on your backpack. So when your days are rough or something's going on or something's not going right at school, you look at that tag and remember this church is praying for you. And you've got this, okay? So everybody get one before you leave. And then before you leave today, right at the end of the service, go right out this door over here on my left. Brother Bill and Miss Anita have tickets for a snow cone. You can each get a free snow cone. All the teachers, all the staff, everybody gets a free snow cone. So get you a ticket, and they're right out of here. Make sure your parents go with you, and you can go get a snow cone before you leave. Amen. Amen. Guys, come up and get one of these for your backpack. And know these are prayed over. We've anointed and prayed over these, and you guys carry this anointing and this blessing back with you. Look, I'm going to be at the middle school, so I want to see. If you're in the middle school and you have a backpack, I better see this tag hanging on it. Don't you just love these kids, y'all? They're a blessing. It's why we exist. Guys, I want to encourage you, too, is before we, and you guys can be dismissed. Go back with your parents because we're going to worship here as we end our service. And encourage anybody who wants to get a snow cone, support these folks out here. They're believers talking to them at the last event that we had and uh the kids get one teachers get one staff i know my wife is a staff person so i guess we'll give leah a free snow cone today here you go baby oh i'm sorry take one for link too guys Settle in and get real quiet. We're going to worship. 
Irene's going to do a special here, and let's just refocus our heart on God before we pray over them to go back on the mission field. This is where we all come together, and that's God be glorified. I believe God's been glorified this morning, and his name's been lifted up. And i uh, got one more prayer to pray besides our dismissal prayer here in just a moment. Is This is Irene and Andrew and these lights. Forgive me, Andrew's right here. Stand up, Andrew, while everybody's sitting down. So you guys, I know you met them a few weeks ago when they ministered on July 3rd. And just want you to see their faces and keep those faces at the very forefront of your heart and your mind as they leave this week on the 9th to travel back to Spain. They work in Spain with YWAM and in North Africa. So they need a lot of prayers, protection, and provision. So if the Lord's touched your heart even just to continue or to support them, that would be a wonderful thing. The church does and will continue to continue to sow into their ministry. But if God lays that on your heart, let's stretch our hands and pray for them. Andrew's here and Irene's here. Father, is is people who are very close and special to our hearts here at Christian Center Church, as we've seen you bring Andrew and Irene together for a time such as this, for the purposes which you've ordained under heaven for them to walk in. Father, we as a church pray over them today. We pray that, God, you would go before them and prepare the way. You would be behind them to guard them. You would put angels to their left and to their right. And that, Lord God, you would keep them healthy, Father. You would literally just watch over and breathe life into their ministry, into their living conditions and their situation. And everywhere they go, I pray it would be easy to minister, Lord, in another culture. Give them that that anointing, a cross-cultural anointing, Father, to increase upon their lives. Father, as we are here and we pray and we give them by way of of supporting them, Father. We pray your richest blessings upon all our missionaries today that we support at Christian Center Church. May they be blessed abundantly in Jesus' name. Stand with me today as I dismiss you. Reminder, at 5 o'clock is our youth, and even if you're up in the college, young college age, 5 o'clock. And listen, this isn't just a back-to-school bash. Sunday nights are going to be our outreach into our school system and our community. Every Sunday night, The youth will be inviting friends and getting together, and you know what's going to happen? Salvation, being filled with the Spirit, and God moving every Sunday night. Wednesday nights, we'll continue with our Wednesday night services for the youth, but on Sunday evenings is going to be our outreach. I've told you for a few years, we are going to kick off and outreach into our community more so than we've ever done before. Amen? Lift your hands with me as we dismiss. Heavenly Father, thank you. It has been good to be in your house today. It's been good to be with you and with your people. Father, I pray your blessings upon the people of God. May they be blessed going in and blessed going out. Father, may they be blessed in their homes and blessed at their workplaces. May everything they put their hand to have the prosperity and the blessing of God upon it. Father, I pray health into and over this body. Even those online, Lord, right now that are listening who are still weaken their bodies. God, I pray strength and health into them and over them. Lord, until you bring us back together at the appointed time, may we never depart from your presence, but may your presence grow deeper and richer every minute and every moment of our days. Watch over us until we come back together again. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, if you're visiting with us, thank you for visiting. We look forward. The offering boxes are in the back on the wall. If you want to leave your offering or your tithes there, God bless you as you go.